What's up? How we doing, oh, CG in the house. What's up? What's hey, up? There he is. There we go. There, there we go. There's our guy. <laughs> All right. Let's start this thing off. Here we go. You guys hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you. All right, cool. Devin yeah. King. What's up, hey, Devin, your, hey, your video. You posted a little video of you, Devin. It blew up on TikTok. <laughs> What's up, guys? John Sintas, Cutter Nation podcast. Pretty excited about this um, we got the, the main guys we fighting to get uh, get these guys on here. Um, just wanted to throw battle. out, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody following us up to this point. You know, we are continuing to grow. We always have big plans, plenty of things in the pipeline coming up in the future. But also, I just want to throw out, um, you know, we just, we just launched this glove series, the JS1. It has four different webs. If you haven't seen it on our on our online store at all, please go check it out. We're very excited about it. It's only for $250. This is probably the, the best thing that we've done for a while. And uh, this, I'm just a big fan. It's, it's designed to go two in the pinky hole, skip the index hole for pitchers that need to have a bigger pocket. You should always have that. So check this out on the website. Thank you very much. The other thing you could do for us is subscribe to our podcast channel. Um, it, it would really help us on podcast and on YouTube. You can find all this information on our website. Berto, oh, I think not you. Hold on, hold on one back. second. Not you, Devin G, Devin King. Yeah. Trigger Trey, Theo Trey, what's up? Yeah. Berto, I think you're getting feedback. Um, you may have to play the mute uh, button when you're not throwing. Can you hit your mute button on yours real quick? Eric, can you try yours? Yeah, I think it might be Eric. I think it's E. Yeah, that's better. E, so I don't think your headphones are all the way in, E, so we're good there. So E, you just got to play back and forth. So there we go. We got the sound in. Nobody wants to hear feedback from that. Cody right Watson, so we're chilling. Up, baby. I'll be in Boston soon, Cody. Let's do yeah. it. All right, so let's let's get this started off. So first of all, Brad Birdo, Eric Lopez, main trainers here at Cutter Nation. I really appreciate you guys, uh, all your effort and work to, to continue to grow the brand and the company. Um, but today I wanted to get into some fun stuff so people can see your personality, your history. Brad, you're, you're pretty famous, uh, especially in the San Diego area. You, you've accomplished some fun things in your life. Um, and I wanted for people to understand where you are in your training and, you know, what your, what your career is going on with right now. We, we've, you and I met, um, it's been maybe like a year and a half or so, right? Oh, 2019, actually, the Moneyball tournament is when we first met. Oh, that's, that's right. Crazy. Right. 2019, <laughs> that was, that, right? So we're, we're going on three years, maybe. Yeah. Um, right, yeah, I remember meeting you then. That was great. But, you know, since then, we've really evolved. You, you've really taken our hitting, hitting side of our facility and ran with it. You know, I'm pretty proud that I've been able to, like, throw out some like um these ideas these strategies on training hitters um with you and you and i really really see a lot of the same thing so you know uh, what i'd like to start off with an easy question is is like what's your favorite part about hitting at cutter nation oh the live ab's come on now the live at bats that's the first reason why i came here you know when i got done with college i was looking for more like professional training like the next level of training Right. And, you know, a lot of hitting training is all like, oh, let's fix your swing. Let's improve your swing. But it's not really about that. Like, especially when you get to a certain point. Yeah, your swing plays, whatever. But if you have a swing that's good enough, like, all right, now what's the next thing? Right. Because a lot of times, like when you get into the games and the reason why you mess up or the reason why you're missing balls, the reason why you're getting out. Most of the time, it doesn't have to do with your swing. It's really on the approach, what you're swinging at, the type of swing you're taking. 
like on time, being able to hit off a live arm and stuff like that. And, you know, just regular batting practice, 40 mile an hour batting practice doesn't really do that for you. Or just making adjustments in your swing doesn't really like tell the whole picture or just cover everything when it comes to hitting training. So it's like once your hitting comes to a point to where it's good enough, then like, all right, what's the next level? It's all right, being able to hit off a live arm, being able to hit off some velo, being able to hit different pitches in different locations and kind of knowing what the pitcher's throwing. Um, knowing your plan really more. So that's why we talk about the hitters. Is like everyone's all worried about, oh, what's the pitcher going to throw next? And yeah, and that's fine and great. But, like, when it comes into the box, it's like you got to worry about what you're doing. And that's why I tell hitters all the time. It's like, oh, you know, they get out and they start guessing. I'm like, well, don't guess. Really, yeah, you can have an idea, right, an educated guess. But in reality, you kind of really have no idea what the hell he's going to throw, especially when you face a pitcher like John who's got five, six different pitches, and he can throw whatever pitch whenever any count doesn't really matter. So it's like, all right, good luck guessing, right? So it's more about seeing the ball, reacting, having a swing, having a plan that that you can stick to, right? And focusing on what you're doing and not really worrying about what the pitcher's trying to do. There's time and place for that, but when you focus on you and what you're trying to do, it definitely you definitely see the ball better, take better swings, and give yourself a better chance to catch more barrels. So, right, that's why I, lo- I love that. I- I agree. That's that's our one-on-one, you know, battle. Daniels, you baby. I always talk about, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, with the live at-bats, you know, at, we've had some different scenarios with our live at-bats. We've been inside, we've been outside, you know, yeah. and you've probably done it with data or no data, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the data that we have here, how does it enhance the process for, especially like live at-bats, we're running all kinds of data, right? We're running hit tracks, we're running track man, we're running um, yellow jacket to verify spin rates, you know, and, and so it, it's like a digital baseball game, right? So where, where right. do you see that on your side? Well, definitely exit velo is definitely the main one in terms of hitters, right? Yeah, it's great, you know, BP, see your exit velo go up and, and, you know, with your sessions, watch your average exit velo go up to see how well, how consistently you're catching barrels. But then in the live at-bats, you know, you know, it's like, okay, did I catch that, right? And then, like, kind of where you're at, being able to, like, obviously, the harder you hit it, the better chance you have of getting a hit, being safe, right? And obviously, the harder you hit it, the more chances you have of hitting it further. You know I mean? Distance goes up as exit velo goes up, too. But it's just a great measuring tool on how well you're catching barrels, and that's really – the main focus in as hitters is catching barrels. Because most of the time, we have no control over where the ball goes, right? And I tell all the hitters all the time, like, if we control where the ball goes, right, we'd be hitting it over the fence every single time. But that's not the case, right? So it's just trying to hit it hard, get your best swing off, swing at good pitches, right, and really getting your A swing off. And then, you know, if you hit 195 plus, right, 100 miles an hour, that you hit it good, right? Or where your misses are at, say you make an adjustment, right? Say you make some kind of swing adjustment, approach adjustment, whatever it is, and your misses end up better, like, oh, I just missed that, right? But the average exit below is going up, right? You're still, that means it's doing better. You're getting stronger. You're catching more barrels. Swing's getting better. You're, you're swinging at better pitches, all kinds of things to measure, like, your progress as a hitter. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. The, uh, you know, the hit tracks, uh, you brought up a good point there. Like, can you do the exit velo that you do in BP in a real game? You know, that would be where I would see, do you translate your training, 
and and in theory, right, ball's coming in harder. You should be able to catch it and hit it harder than you would, you know, in a game. I'm I'm pretty sure Giancarlo Santon isn't hitting 118 mile an hour home runs in batting practice. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit different idea. Well, maybe, right? Maybe. You know, God forbid, God forbid MLB live stream the batting practice round with the TrackMan data from the stadium, so we can all enjoy that and actually understand you know, what actually these guys are doing. Like, we see slow motion video all the time, but, like, who's who, – do you know of anybody that would be teaching John Carlos' setup or his approach? I mean, I have no idea, really. Like, I don't know if anyone's really teaching, like, to be, like, that close to the stand and stuff like that. And people always, like, ask, like, especially with kids and stuff like that, like, oh, they're standing this way, should we be standing this way? And, like, always, like, you know, some kids start having close stands, you know, and stuff like that, and the parents kind of ask, like, oh, is that okay? I'm like, well – Stan does it, Altuve does it, right? There's videos of people with different stances and stuff like that, and, like, the way they're hitting the ball, right? They're getting the same result. Like, one of my favorite ones is this video of, I think it was Kike Hernandez and Jose Altuve, right? They get the same pitch, same spot, right? Altuve has, lands super close. Um, Kike lands super open, but they both hit bombs to left field on the same pitch, same spot, right? So who's right, really? doesn't matter. It went over the fence. Who cares? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. We talk about it all the time. Like, mechanics are a certain form of, like, what is important to get some form of consistency of what going on. It's like, it's not everything. You know what I not mean? Everything. Like, Definitely you know, not everything. You got to square the ball up. You know, there's so many other things and factors that go into it, you know? Yeah. Both on all the right. pitching side and on the hitting side. It's like, once you get into the game, like, the mechanics you have is what you're rocking with. So, I mean, so why think about mechanical issues when that ball's coming in at 95? miles an hour right right or you have to just totally. execute a pitch right you have to just execute a pitch like all these things like hey, execute this pitch all right see the ball hit the ball right if you hit it hard or if you land for a hit who cares you did you, you, you yeah. got it done who cares 100 percent, 100 percent. all right e my guy eric lopez the the man the myth the legend so you guys uh, that don't know eric eric has been with us for a little while um, Eric trained with me first, right? And then my guy right here really was able to um, – Berto, try muting your – Berto, can you try muting yours and see if the feedback goes away on Eric? Or it might be Eric. I'm not sure. Oh, you are? Okay, cool. Anyway, um, so – anyway, let me get back to you. So my guy Eric right here. Eric, first of all, for the people – for the internet that don't know you, right, ha can I get a height and weight? I feel like you're the same height and weight. size you were you were in college. Five nine. I think I played pretty much my entire collegiate career at like one thirty eight, like one thirty five. So like right now I'm a little bit heavier because I haven't you know played or done anything. So I think I'm a little bit a little bit heavier now. I mean I hope so, but pretty much five nine, like one sub one forty. So it doesn't matter. One forty. That was eighty eight. Yeah, so down ninety seven. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, let's get into the throwing stats right here. Let's let the internet be upset about this. So I think my max velo that I topped out at was like ninety one, ninety two. I did play a summer um, up in Sacramento. They didn't have any radars or anything like that, but that was probably one of the best summers that I've ever had, at least like throwing wise. Um, I ended up winning like pitcher of the week out there for like a week where I pitched like I think it was eight innings like no runs no walks I think I gave up or got like seven strikeouts all relief appearances so it was just like there I was probably at my best but um 
Yeah, 97 on pull downs. Took me a while to get there, but you know, it got it got there with a little bit of help. But um, other than that, grew up in San Diego pretty much my entire life. Went to Mission Bay High School, uh, played at Mesa College, and then now I'm here. So you've seen the growth of the pitching side from because that's really where we started with this. And then when we got over to this spot, we added the hitting side. You know, you've seen a lot of the different things and the techniques and the, you know, and the things that we talk about in the training, different modalities, right? What's been your favorite part for where you've seen things have grown? I think you mentioned it earlier with the whole, like, data aspect of, like, what we have now and being able to put, like, the numbers to the motions and, and things like that, and, like, what we're actually practicing and, and if it's paying off or if it's actually working. So I think being able to back it up now with numbers is, is definitely the part that I've, I've seen grow a lot and that I like a lot about what we do now. So we, we have a TrackMan unit, right? Um, we yes. use it every day, multiple times a day. Um, that TrackMan unit, it converts and does li the live AB mode too. Um, it pretty much stays on our pitching side for what we're doing. Side, As yeah. you've been working with guys, you know, what, what's been your favorite aspect of that translating to a pitcher? I think the spin and then the speed is probably like when you be when you like are able to like really utilize like your whole body and like being able to like sequence things correctly and being able to you know like with a little bit of tweaking being able to throw it for a strike and then still being able to get those numbers that you would like when you're doing run guns or something like that where like you're pulling down 97 but you're only like 80 on the mound so it's like being able to bridge that gap a little bit is being able to like kind of use the track man to show you where your, or your release height is or like show you where your um, uh, spin is at or like the spin efficiency or like the vertical break or horizontal break, trying to be able to get those numbers to like, you know, certain spots for certain guys and then being able to maximize it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's been a really fun tool. We you know we really are fortunate to be able to have one of those units that not only does it track the session, it tracks the history of the guy that's history. with us in the place. You big. know, I mean that's we can really see yeah. the progress over months. Um, you know, you mentioned the spin, right? So uh, we we do a lot of break. You know, breaking balls are pretty much every pitcher's favorite. I I believe so. Um, some yeah. of the guys like Jordan Green that spin it at twenty five hundred on their fastball. It's Fast interesting balls. to me that they that their breaking balls are are almost less sometimes. You know, yeah. um, you know when you're working with a guy and you're trying to get them to increase spin, right? Is do you feel like it's a little bit more pressure? Do you feel like it's release? You know, what what where do you feel like that you can enhance something for someone? What. It honestly depends on the on the player, like or the athlete. Like it'll be certain things for certain players, but then different for somebody else, just because their efficiencies are in different parts of their motion. So it's like one kid could be really good at you know landing strong on their front foot, whereas like another person has a weak front side, but like they're on the ball, like they're spinning it, but they just can't hold it. So like their weight isn't able to transfer, and then like you're not going to get your numbers that you usually see when you do a running gun and you like stick your front side and you really try to throw the ball hard is being able to match those motions. Like I said, being able to bridge that gap, is just going to make it so like, it's not going to be the same for every person. So like one, you might tell somebody to like, hold on to the ball a little bit like longer for certain um, feels on pitches or like squeeze the ball a little bit through your pads or your fingers or something like that. But just being able to give them like little, you know, here and there on certain guys is, 
is pretty it's pretty nice with the track man yeah and then we get to see whether it goes up or down depending on what we're yeah. trying to do with with the spin rate right and well, you like know, spin efficiency or things like that right exactly mm -hmm. yeah yeah um you have some fun uh cues that really uh, i feel like resonate with a lot of the kids and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring yeah. one of them up it's it's the change up one and so you know what i really like about this is like the the idea of a pitch is a word and you and I always talk about like we hate words right like words aren't yeah. necessarily the idea like most kids think they're throwing a curveball and not throwing a slider or vice versa right it doesn't um, matter the yeah. change up right the change up is one of the funny things and, and we talk about different cues and everybody has different ideas but I just want you to like you literally tell kids this and I just find it hilarious but in order to create side spin like what we're trying to get with the change up you tell them slap your mama <laughs> <laughs> it makes me giggle every time. Now, for you guys, Eric, explain what Slap Your Mama means. Slap Your Mama is from very iconic movie. Me and Bird don't know it pretty well. Um, next Friday, I think it's Friday after next or something like that. But um, it's uh, Jones Brothers Barbecue, and it was like the little infomercial, and it was like Craig's dad, like, tastes so good, make you want to slap your mama, and then he just like <laughs> smacks her in the face. <laughs> So for you guys that, that we're going to translate this to the pitching side, Eric, what, you know, if you're throwing a changeup, what is, what is, how do you exactly slap your mama with a changeup? So you, let's see, grab this ball. So instead of trying to get it to go there, when you slap her, you're going to be coming around it over the top, trying to feel like your middle finger is pulling across the ball. But you only get that if you slap her. You don't do it if you, like, push it away. But you got to get it there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and that would show, be showed in, in the track man where we would see, you know, the, the horizontal spin being changed. And then you would get a little bit more horizontal movement in it. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I love that cue. We use it all the time here. It's, it's, it makes all the kids laugh on it. And when you can have fun with ideas and pitches, then I feel like we can, you know, evolve people a little bit more. It's not so serious. Oh, heads up, Brian. You know I mean? Heads up, heads up, heads up, heads up. Let's see, Birdo's going to slap his mama. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> kind of nasty. <laughs> nice. That's good. That's funny. Okay, cool. Right on, right on. So, all right, now let, let, let's go a little bit further on the idea. You know, you know, I understand what, you know, what we're trying to do here and stuff. And, you know, I just want, I want to hear it from you guys. You know, to translate things from training to the game right like becoming the killer the guy that's on the field that's not afraid of anything that is prepared right um in your opinion you know we'll start with e, e first right how do you translate to get someone to be able to locate that new change up against a batter in game I, it's just like it's so hard for kids nowadays with like in game because they they just feel so much pressure from like you know coaches and like I was just talking to a kid the other day talking about, like, what are you supposed to do, like, when you get on the mound? And the first thing he said was to throw strikes. But it's like, yes, of course, like, that is the idea of pitching. Like, you are supposed to throw strikes. But it's like he's willing to throw away all the stuff that he's worked on during the week just to get it to that idea of, like, a strike. Where it's like when you work on it long enough, you should be able to find a way to control it in your own way. And then that way, like we like to say, it's like autopilot. Like you don't even think about it. You just go in the game, grab the ball, do what you've done a thousand times before, and then just get after it. Nice, nice. Berto? 
Um, Same question to you. I, I, I like the question. It's all about, for me, it's all about the mental game, right? Being, like, mentally confident, knowing what you're doing, yeah. knowing what you're about in the game, right? Because in practice in the game, you kind of think about different things, right? Maybe practice, say, like, side, yes, you think about mechanical cues, right? When, when it comes to, like, T-word, front toss, machine, BP, right? You can think about, you know, you have time and it's a controlled setting where you can think about these things, Right. But the game, when there's so many variables, right, you can't be thinking about your mechanics. Yeah. Right? As soon as you step in the box, and if you're thinking about your mechanics, like where your hands are at, mm. where, um, like where, like where, like where my hips are at, whatever, whatever mechanical thing is, then you're not thinking about the baseball, right? And that's ultimately what you got to think about. It's like being able to use, like, use all your brain power to focus in on that baseball, right? And that comes with having mental endurance mental like knowing your thought process like knowing like emotional awareness like how say like maybe some anxiety excitement some kind whatever emotional stimulus that you have being able to control that and like zone in your focus right everyone talks about oh the mental game of baseball or how baseball is 90 percent mental 80 percent whatever number you put it but not a lot of people are training their brains right? so for one thing like in college, right, that's what I had, that's when I started getting into the mental, like, you know, the mental game of baseball and stuff like that, really studying that, and that took my game to, like, a whole new level, right, it was, it was like, how do I translate what I'm doing in practice into the game, and one thing that really helped me with that was reading, right, I tell all my, I tell, like, all my friends, like, my all, just whatever, baseball people that need to start reading, that all, like, you know, all the best athletes read, and that's literally brain training with it, so what it does, it's like, think of, like, of working out cardio, like jogging or running is like the most basic form of cardio training. So in my opinion, like the most basic form of brain training is reading because it literally, like you have to concentrate, you have to process information. What it does, it just improves your attention span, improves your ability to focus and improves your ability to process information because that's really what seeing the ball is and hitting is, is being able to process information really fast, right? So, you know, you have less than half a second to see the ball, read the spin, make a decision and take a swing. Right. And that all has to do with with how fast your brain is processing information. And then, you know, I get this all the time. Like, Alberto, you have like the best eyes I've ever seen. I mean, same thing with like, you know, these like Juan Soto, Mike Trout, where their chase rates are really low. And that's because I attribute that to all the brain training I've done to be able to process information faster. Right. Yeah, I have pretty, you know, I have like, um, you know, above average eyes. I just have I have straight up 2020 vision, which is, you know, standard. Right. Which is which is standard, but I was able to read. I did some brain training games, you know, concentration grids, you know, reaction lights. You know, there's all these little games that help you improve your brain, and that's how I was able to one get way better on the on, on, as a hitter, right, and be able to translate stuff into the game and be able to deal with like all the ups and downs, all the doubt, all the whatever confidence, whatever, whatever it is, and be able to deal with that and kind of move forward. Yeah, to go a little further on that, for for me, you know, especially after my injury and then like not playing the game for a while, you know, uh, just literally understanding that the most important part, like Eric said, is it's not throwing strikes. It, it's it's the game of like getting someone out, executing an idea. And when you and I battle, I know it's always going to be fun. And you know that I'm going to be creative and try some different stuff. And I know that you know that. And sometimes, you know, sometimes weird things work. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that we yeah. try like up cutters and then like that high cutter, high change up, whatever. 
Yeah, right. It's just <laughs> weird. You're just trying weird ideas, you know, and you see that, you know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this the other day about like, there are pitches that are thrown in video games that are just not thrown in real life. And if we can standardize the zone, like what's going to happen, like Kershaw's five foot curveball clipping the top of the zone is going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem, but we're, you're going to get, I never got that pitch. Never, ever. But like, we're literally going to know exactly where the zone is now, which is like the weird debate, right? Like a lot of people don't actually know what the zone, last night of practice, I asked the kids where the zone is and one kid was like here to there. I'm like, it's no one's ever going to call a ball above your letters. It's supposed to be the bottom of the letters, to your knees. But even then that's not even real. It's really your belt to your knees. Like if they call a ball above your belt, it's an accident. It's not, it's not going to be the zone's going to be there. The mask is never a strike. Right. And, and so they just, they don't, they don't really get that information. Nobody, nobody really talks about it. So, you know, with your experience and then translating that to the hitters that come here and then, you know, even whether we're doing advanced BP or live at bats and when you're there, you know, you can see a lot of these kids start to translate the things, which, which to me is it's live at bats, right? You know, we do that on the weekends here. And if kids can understand what those important reps are, like throwing one inning in a scrimmage may or may not be, you know, good enough for you but like getting 40 to 50 pitches in against five to eight batters like that you can actually try to attack and try different things where there's no anxiety of if I walk the guy my coach is going to take me out or you know it's just like it's just a game it's a pickup game and that less you know stressful low anxiety game is just missing in, in baseball altogether I mean the pickup game the sandlot game you know it's just it's just not there everything's just so organized these days and you know I pride I, I really I'm happy that we can provide you know, an option for that for the San Diego area. Yeah, no, it's great. It's the like same thing on the hitting side. Like you're talking about trying new things and like being able to do that in a setting like this. So it's like the same thing on the hitting side. Like you could try different approaches. You could try, you know, different intents on your swings or what, you know, just whatever, right? Like, okay, maybe, maybe this, this that bad. I'm just going to, I'm going to sit on curveball. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you kind of need that like in the, in your back pocket right like oh this guy's throwing mostly curveballs maybe his fastball stinks or he can't locate his fastball right but his curveball's pretty good and he can locate that whenever so it's like okay those he's gonna throw mostly that right so if you're sitting on a fastball right most hitters want fastballs right which is you know makes sense right right but if he's not gonna throw you a fastball right and he's gonna throw you four five six curveballs like why are you waiting for that one fastball that might not even be there right when he's trying to attack the zone and he decides that his curveball is what he can get in the zone. So like, okay, that's going to like being able to sit on that pitch and have confidence in letting the fastball go, because that might be the only fastball you get. Now you're going to get two, three curveballs. The chances of him hanging one or leaving one in the zone, like you have way higher chances of that and you got to be able to hit that. So, um, you know, one way I learned, you know, in college, I faced a lot of lefty specialists Right. And I'm going to use a MLB the show reference. And it's like, oh, like, you know, I was, we had a lefty specialist in college. And the way I figured out how to hit him is that our catcher told, um, told me is that when I put down the number one, he's throwing slider. Right. Because he's a lefty kind of threw from like right here. Right. It's like, oh, OK. So the one pitch, right, that's what he's going to throw the most. So I'm going to sit on that. Right. And then I was able to pick up sliders. Right. I, I wasn't too worried about the fastball. Right. Yeah. Maybe he threw me one or two. Right. Gave him a free strike whatever, but then I just knew he was going to come back with more sliders, so I'm just going to wait for that hanger, and then I'm going to hit that. And so and it turned out, like, okay, when I was able to practice that because we were able to do a lot of that bat settings and like that, so I took those very seriously, you know, tried on new approaches, and especially off lefties for me. If I knew, like, okay, this, they're bringing in, like, a, a poopy lefty, a poopy lefty to face me, right, okay, he's probably going to throw 
probably gonna give me sliders, right? If they're bringing in a lefty just for the lefty. So I like literally I had I had a couple I've had a couple like games or at bats where I told the guy on deck, you know, I'm waiting for the warm ups. Like, look, watch, he's gonna hand me a slide. He's gonna throw me a slider first pitch. I'm gonna bang it, and that's exactly what happened. And yeah, that's so. that's your you know the strategy of the game, your history of understanding how many times you've done this and stuff, you know, um, and we see that you know, all the time. I mean, you, you know, you've seen me, I, I love getting high school or college kids that are new into live at bats against me because they just haven't, they have the yeah, same strategies, like you said, you know what I mean? And until you, you know, until you face a guy that has seven, eight pitches and can throw them all for a strike, you have to, like, you have to think about those different shapes, those speeds, the heights, the sequences, like it just adds a variability, what I call the delay. If I can delay your decision process, you know, like you said, you have half a second. And if I can make it 0.6, you're done. You're going to be right. late. You're not going to square it up, right? Either you're going to blow mm -hmm. it by you or you're going to foul it off. And so right. like just, you know, being able to change those timing ideas of like literally the time, like the heater comes in at yeah. 0.38, the curveball comes in at 0.65, right? Like that's a tremendous difference, right? And we're just talking yeah. about miles per hour for the people who don't understand, like miles per hour is actually measured in time, right? So it is what it is. So, um, okay, so last topic I want to get to, um, another hybrid uh, idea that we offer here, um, and, I'll, and I'll start with Burrow this time. You know, Advanced BP is something that is a little program that we run here that, that I find very, very fun. You know, I throw on Wednesday nights. Our guy, we have a rotation of guys that throw on Friday nights. Um, but, you know, as a hitter, right, someone that, just like you said, like if you could see a lefty that threw X number of spinners in a row and you knew it was going to be in the zone and you knew it was going to be sharp – you know, how, how does that affect a hitter's mind? How does that, how's that going to benefit them? Okay, yeah, I like that because, like, I really love the advanced BP stuff, and it's like this is, like, the next level of hitting training, right? Because, like, you know – Can, off, can off you break speed. it down? Can you break it down to, like, how we do it so people can, you know, hear from, like, yeah. what the plan is yep. and so they understand what yep. advanced BP is? Yep, so advanced BP is for, like, hitters who have, like, like talked about, like, once your swing gets to a certain point, like, it's good enough and you can play, right? Now it's, like, how – can we sit on different pitches or see recognize different pitches, right? It's not like I always talk about like the number one rule of hitting in games, even in practice, but mostly in games is swinging at strikes, right? Seems pretty obvious, seems pretty simple, but people don't take it to heart or really take it as seriously or realize how important swinging at strikes are, right? So a lot of hitters, they'll be like, or, you know, especially with younger, younger pitchers or younger hitters, younger guys, it's like, oh, if they miss a ball, it's like, oh, you pulled your head, you pulled your front shoulder or whatever it is, you dropped your hands. But it's like, no, you swung at a ball in the dirt. You know what I mean? So, like, that's, like, rule number one. And with advanced BP and stuff like that, that's when we start going, like, all right, swing, all right, swing training is done. Now it's time to learn how to hit or practice hitting, right? So, and then what we do with BP, we're like, yeah, we warm them up, give them a round of fastballs. And then this is where we can really have a controlled environment to work on stuff like, all right, the fastball curveball mix, all right, fastball slider mix, fastball change of mix. And I really like just pairing everything. Because if you just work on, like, all right, I'm just going to throw you curveballs, that's like the same thing as, like, I'm just going to throw you fastballs, right? It's different when you got it, when you have different pitches coming in, right? So say a round of, all right, this round, I'm throwing fastballs and curveballs, right? That's seeing how well you can sit on the fastball and adjust to, and adjust to off-speed or react to off-speed and be able to, one, spit on the ones that are out of the zone, right? Because I saw a lot of kids, once I start throwing them curveballs, they start swinging balls in the dirt, they're late on fastballs, they're chasing pitches, and, like, that's what I'm trying to work on. So I'm trying to work on how well they can swing at strikes, how well they can be on time, and how well can they get their A swing off with good intent to do damage, 
right? I'm not worried about their swing mechanics, right? Now, if they check all those three boxes, right, they, they swing out a strike, they're on time for the most part, and they took a really good swing with high intent, right, and they're still missing, like, okay, now maybe something mechanical, and then we, then we could change that. But usually if you do those three things, you, you give yourself the best chance to barrel with the baseball. And that's what advanced BP is all about, like how well can I hit your curveball, how well can I spin on that, how well can I recognize that and take a good swing. Yeah, love that. Love that from the pitching side. Eric, same question to you, but from where you see it, because you throw like I do, and I know you see different things as well. I think it's just good for kids in general, like Berto's saying. It's just being able to use um, advanced UP as a form of, like, in-game training without having to be stressed about the game. But it's just, like, pitch recognition, you know, swing decisions and things like that. But from a pitching standpoint – for me, it's a little bit different just because obviously I don't play anymore, but just being able to like still being able to keep that eye out for like, you know, weak spots and people swings and like being able to kind of like expose it to a point to where like they have to make that change in their approach or whatever, because if a good pitcher or somebody like John were to be actually pitching in a game, like they would just expose that, like they would just utilize that to a max and like you would just never get that opportunity like Berto saying to get your A swing off, be on time, be on this, right? But if you don't practice it enough, like it's, it's just going to be a challenge the entire time. But if you've done it, say, 300 swings, 400 swings, 500 swings, whatever it is, and be put in that same situation, like you just give yourself a higher chance to, you know, get a hit or get your A swing off and things like that. So I think it's very good for the hitters. Yeah, zone awareness, I feel like, is something that's very, very important. Alberto touched on it a little earlier. And, and, you know, Eric, you're in my ability to throw multiple pitches in the zone, be down in the corner, you know, having the hit tracks yeah. there and showing where the strike zone is and trying to, like, put it, you know, paint it, really, just paint it. Yeah. Good, you know, so they can figure out what it is. You know, I think that really helps their eyes. And we talk about it, you know, all the time where it's like, you, you know, we'll do, like Alberto said, we'll do a fast, slow alternating a fastball slider or a fastball curveball Curve and then the kid will it'll take him three or four to kind of figure it out because just like on the pitching side being able to go fastball curveball fastball curveball that it, it takes a little skill to be okay yeah to locate both those ideas but also on the hitter the timing change you know takes a big difference as well as like is that curveball going to be a strike i mean i have a big curveball and so i'm normally above the zone in the zone and sometimes it goes below the zone Right. So be able to track that all the way to the thing really helps them translate those ideas into the game. And, and when you do it on like a Friday night, like what you said, like literally preparing for what's going to happen the next day, it's just tremendous for your eyes and your brain. You know, and so yeah. I can't recommend it enough. If you have some time, jump in Friday night, 7 p.m. And, and come see some spinners. You know, you're going to see higher spin rate than what you're used to seeing at the level that you are, which once again will slow. That's that's how you slow the game down. Like you slowing the game down is, is being comfortable in the deep end against somebody that's trying to blow you up, you know? So, okay. Well, guys, this has been awesome. Um, I appreciate your time on there. You, you know, I, I'm glad, I hope I'm really glad that everybody got to hear you guys talk about your favorite parts here. Um, you know, leave me with one little thing that, you know, we're all, we all have different directions on where we look at and stuff. Uh, um, e, we'll start off with you, but give me one little thing that, you know, when kids come in here, you know, that you, you try to give them information. Like I'm always trying to gift kids with a cutter or an idea there, you know, and inspire someone with something. I think for me, it's just being able to let them feel like they can dominate wherever they are. Like just being able to 
utilize your skill set like the best way possible and just being able to know that like if you just do like we we try and tell all our kids it's like you just gotta throw it like you you just have to do it like there's no thinking there's no like you don't you just can't give yourself that time to like even put like negative thoughts into your brain or like anything like that but just being able to like so what basketball did not go where i wanted or like i spiked it or i did this but it's like all right let's go next pitch like there's still like that whole process of the game that like you have to think about. Like it can't just be result based. Like it has to just be like strategy based of like, I'm going to do this. And if it doesn't work, then we're going back to the drawing board. But it's like, you cannot just give up because it didn't go your way. So like just being able to just always being able to do it, like just get after it. Yeah. Strategy. I love that. I'll do a little football reference, especially with my Florida state Seminoles who have not been, this far into the season undefeated, undefeated in like 25 years. It's yeah. hilarious. We, we have a six foot seven receiver uh, that's transferred in the portal from Arizona. And we were on like a two yard line against Louisville. And we ran three balls up the middle and it did nothing. And then on the fourth down, we threw a little fade on, on and he jumped up and caught it. It was a no brainer, right? Like strategy. That's just strategy. Utilize what you're saying. If you've got a wipeout slider and you can locate it, there's definitely no reason that you don't throw it to every hitter. So, yeah. Perfect. Good job. Birdo, what about you? Uh, bro, um, okay, I got something. So what I can leave you with is for anyone watching here, for anyone who's going to watch this podcast later, it's like I'm going to give you some insight on how to hit off John Sintes, right? on how, on how to catch a barrel off him, how to hit a bomb off him, because he does dice up a lot of people. He is very good. So and then everyone comes in and is like, oh, John's so nasty. So like, which he is, which he is. But like when you're in a hitter, like, nah, you like, dude, like, you hear me? I know John hears me, especially during life. Man, John freaking stinks. You can't go in there. You guys are giving him <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't John give it to stuff. me. He's gonna don't give me the belt. Yeah. yeah, give me that fastball, whatever. Give me a hanging cutter, whatever, hanging curveball. Yeah, his curve is, his stuff is gross, right? But there's a way to hit it. So what I'm going to say is, like, the strategy I go into where um, to face off John is, okay, is see the ball up, right? Because no matter what he throws, like, we'll mostly sit on – I'm sitting fastball up, right? That way I can catch up to any single fastball, right? And then I can adjust his off speed because – no matter what off-speed he's throwing, they all go down to a certain point. They all move down, right? Curveball, slider, cutter, change up, they all move down, right? So if you're sitting fastball up and then you recognize spin, oh, and it's up, those are the ones I can swing at. And those are the ones I can do it. And that way I can still be on time with the fastball. I can still get on top of fastballs, right? I can just top down, right? And then so if I see spin up or shape up, especially like, you know, inside sometimes with the lighting and stuff like that, people complain about not being able to see spin, Right. Okay. Yeah. To a certain point, it is a little harder. Right. Sometimes, you know, but you're not always going to be able to see the ball well, whatever. You might have a weird backdrop. Right. Whatever. Not everyone plays in the bigs where they have a perfect batter's eye and clean baseballs. Right. But you can see shape. Right. So if I see something up like this. Right. And it's going and it's up in the zone. All right. I can take a swing at that. Right. And that's like how I can adjust one. And he always talked about like he gets guys chasing sliders or cutters in the dirt. And then he always asked me, he's like, oh, how'd you take that? I was like, well, I saw it. I saw yeah. I was able to recognize it, and then that curveball started middle, cutter started middle down. I'm like, all right, I don't want to swing at that. And whether right. it, ends up a, even yeah. if it ends up a strike, less than two strikes, whatever, I don't want to swing at that anyway. Right? I'm waiting yeah, for the mistakes because everyone's human. He's going to make a mistake. He's going to leave one over the plate, and those are the ones I want to crush. I love that. I love that strategy. So that's just an example of strategy, right? You, you know, 
you could take that same thing off of Verlander. You could take that same thing off of Garrett Cole. Like these spin rate guys that that locate and do those things. You know, it, it's it's very important that just like Eric said, like if you go out and try a strategy and you get smacked, like that was the wrong strategy. That was not your mechanics. Like let's just bang that right now, okay? And and that's what we're trying to tell everybody. There are there are other levels to this game. Once you be once you have created a consistent motion, which by the way, not that hard to do. We do it all the time here, right? The hard part is believing that you're doing it right and then you can execute whatever idea you're trying to do, right? Like, can I, well, on Birdo, like, same thing. Like, I know Birdo sits heater, right? And so I got to kind of try to see if I can play with him and get him in swing mode and that thing. If I can get him in swing mode, then I can get him to chase something. We talked about it before. I tried to throw a Mariano Rivera up cutter up and in, mm-hmm. and I threw one and he saw spin and it didn't go down. You yeah, know, didn't go down. We joke yep. about it. Yeah, uh, yeah so like that, right, exactly. And so, like, that's just experimentation, guys. That's all that is, right? Like, that idea came in my head where almost like, you know, in the library of games that I've watched where I'm like, okay, I have not gotten this guy. I have not struck this guy out in a long time, right? And he's, he is prepared for almost everything that I throw. What can I try to throw that he has not seen? I was like, well, I haven't thrown an up cutter yet, so let's see what we can do, <laughs> you know? And so, like, that's just – those are just things that you have to, as a pitcher, understand what your own arsenal is and what it's capable of, so then you can execute from that. Awesome. Well, guys, Eric, Berto, I appreciate your time. This, is, this went out really well. Um, I'm glad everybody got to hear your perspective on things. You know, it's important because all of our personalities, you know, really help people understand what our experiences are. So thank you for all those nuggets. Thank you for the time here. Um, once again, go check out the website for the glove. We've got hats, shirts all kinds of great stuff. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to make some cool stuff. I mean, I really like our hats. You know, our, our performance shirts are, are really cool. We should have some different colors and stuff coming out soon. But, you know, as always, always you know, you can help us with subscribing to our podcast or subscribing to our YouTube channel as well on there. So thank you guys. Have a good one. See ya.